You ain't driving, are you? I steer a little, but the ranger do most of the work. <laughs> this is my fourth year at the center. How about you? I started the whole damn thing. Oh, oh, oh! Doc? I don't have anything to say to you, boy. You were there. You did those things. I'm an American. You've no right to come here and say these lies about me. I have your fingerprints. I have your photographs. What do you want? I want to hear about it. Everything. My children found this baby alone by the river. This child is special. This baby will not destroy me. Find the child! Time is running out. This Organized Chaos podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another Organized Chaos podcast. If I can get through the words, you know you're watching the best podcast in the history of all existence. We always one-up ourselves, and it's always... Stuttering and stumbling free. Wait, who are you? What? Huh? I didn't know someone else was... Oh, goddammit, Bobby's here again. Shit. Yes, yes. Well, we'll still have to make this the best podcast ever, even though you're here. (laughs) Yes. How you doing, Bobby? (laughs) I'm doing great. How are you? I, I'm doing well. I'm tired. Work is yeah. exciting. Um, this week is crazy. Uh, my daughter literally got scheduled for three concerts this week within like a week. And I'm like, oh. I just have to keep like, up at this point. I <laughs> what what type of concerts? Is it like a choir performance? Uh, I think it's a choir. Like one's a cello. One's like a, a glee club style thing. And then one was okay. one is a vocal performance, and she did the vocal performance yesterday. Now, now I think it's a Glee Club thing today, and then I think the cello okay. thing is Thursday. But it's like, oh my so, god! So, she, <laughs> so please tell me she's like performing like you know the ministry for Glee Club performance, right? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> awesome! Awesome! <laughs> be great. But no, that it'll be great. But yeah. It just it just felt like it all popped up like oh, awesome. within like a week, and it's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh god, man. <laughs> well, hey, no, that's awesome that you know she's like definitely got an interest in music. And yeah, performance. That, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I guess I, I, that's not a great segue into what we're covering. I don't know. I guess Violent Night definitely has some musical stuff to it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got a. It does show one kid that's like that, and um. One that's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um but yeah, kids in that movie. We not will def we will definitely be covering Violent Night. And after that we'll be covering the lighthearted romp of the uh of the podcast, and as of course apt pupil. Yep. Which will also relate to one of the news stories we're talking about, which uh it's not a very well constructed news story. We're just gonna be like researching and it's riffing kinda- off stuff we're seeing. <laughs> Yeah, and it's mostly more or less like a, a preface for the second film that we're gonna. Cover. Yeah, for App Pupil. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Since we're it, talking, it's about also a constantly change. It's it's a constantly changing story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we might as well address said elephant in room. What Kanye? Like a better point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. 
Yes. Let's mm. start for starters. Kanye. Yes. Well, we will. Uh, but the last movie we'll be covering is 1988 Willow. I believe it was 88. Is that right? 87, 88. Something God damn like it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 something like that. Yes, the original Willow. We are getting that watch to get ready for the series that just came out. And apparently now everybody's upset because there's a gay couple in that series. But I uh, I will find out. What does what does that matter? I don't. It doesn't. And, but like, like, these people all but like, like all scream okay. about it. <laughs> okay, it's eighty eight. Yeah, it's like yeah. No, I I don't. I genuinely don't. And I'm. They all just scream. They're like, we're we're not homophobic. And I'm like, stop screaming about it then, because I don't care. <laughs> And they go, and they're the ones calling liberals and Democrats snowflakes. Yeah, no, they are the biggest. Wow, I, I almost feel ever. provoked just to like turn to them and look. Well, you know, fuck your feelings. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> if you're gonna freak over every time something like this like happens, it, don't get over fucking it. Fucking watch it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just go watch Delta Force Six. Yeah. And, you know. No. Like. Yeah. There, there's plenty of films in the Chuck Norris uh, filmography you can dive into that I'm sure you haven't seen. Was, was Chuck in the sixth one? I don't know. I don't know. Is there a sixth one? I don't know. Oh, there's 28. There's 20. Oh, really? <laughs> That'd be insane. I mean, they all have, like, you know, insane tomato scores. Not that means anything. <laughs> 24 has a 98%? <laughs> well, again, like, that means anything. But yes. Uh, but yes, before we get to... Oh. Yeah, freshness score doesn't mean, doesn't determine whether or not I'm going to watch it. No, I no. have my own opinion. I need mm-hmm. to yeah. Usually that's... Usually I, I, guess I, or I gain that off of just watching the trailer. Mm, true. <laughs> But uh, we got news to get to. So the first piece of news is uh, it's actually the sad one. Christine McVie, uh, Fleetwood Mac, died at the age of 79. Uh, I don't know. I know when I found out there wasn't any word on like if a cause of death was released. And right now I'm looking to see if there's been an update. Died peacefully at the hospital in the company of her family. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Yeah, I haven't read any other updates on it. I mean, she she uh, 79's not young, so uh, let's let's look up uh, out of curiosity. What songs did she write for Fleetwood Mac? Uh, I know mm. she did write. Like, I think like it's pretty much as far as songwriters on Fleetwood Mac. The biggest songwriters were her, Lindsey Buckingham, and Stevie Nicks. So, like, she was. Pr- Probably about a third of their biggest songs. I know. Mick Fleetwood, just because, like, the man's a tower. Well, that's the thing. Mick Fleetwood actually didn't write that much for the band. Yeah, he really didn't. He, he, he The band's named after him, yeah. Yeah, well, he was, like, one of the founding members, and then, like, the, the people who, like, wrote a lot of the big hits came later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we. I think with P- Fleetwood, you know, we shouldn't under overlook the Peter Green years. That's just me personally speaking. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Top 10 Christine McVie Fleet, Fleetwood Mac songs. All right. Love in Store from Mirage, Songbird, Think About Me, Little Lies. Oh, yeah, that was a big hit. Uh, Over My Head, 
Hold Me was pretty big. Uh, Say You Love Me, pretty big again. You Make Loving Fun, Everywhere. Oh, and Don't Stop, yeah. So those are just the, the songs she either co-wrote or wrote by herself. She also did Fleetwood a lot Mac. of... Uh, I know she did a few recordings with Lindsey Buckingham, even outside of Fleetwood Oh, Mac. yeah, no. Uh, 2017 album together. Yeah, no, I was... That's actually there's actually a funny story behind that because Lindsey Buckingham was getting Gary Fleetwood Mac and saying, "Hey guys, we should do a new studio album." And Christine McVie was saying, "Hey, I got some cool stuff for a studio album too. We should do a studio album." They're trying to get like the rest of Fleetwood Mac involved, and like nobody else is excited. And they're like, "But we got stuff to work on. We got stuff we want to do." And they're like, "Eh." And then eventually they just did an album by themselves. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was like. At least they got their stuff out. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that just kind of a funny story because, like, they are like, "God, we haven't done a, a Fleetwood Mac album in a while. We should do a new one." And just no one else wanted to do it. It was just the two of them. <laughs> I mean, I will say I got to give. Uh, well, it, I mean, Lindsay credit. I mean, it, it's got to take a lot of like maturity to be in a band. And ha- with your ex, someone who you'd spent years of your life with, mm-hmm. and then perform songs that she wrote about you. Well, he wrote songs about her too, so it, it yeah, wasn't completely yeah, one wrote, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. They did write songs about each other that were not. Yeah, <laughs> you get to perform this. Well, you get to perform this. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh... We're opening with this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but that's my hometown. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, Fleetwood Mac was definitely a band where there was lots of uh, relationships involved. I'm pretty sure Christine McVie uh, actually joined with her husband, who I don't think stayed with the band yeah, long. Was but the yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 bass player, yeah. <laughs> and then of course, I, Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks came in as a pair. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, it, I, I I know the story of that, or I'd heard the story of it. I guess uh, Stevie and Lindsay were both recording a uh, album together, like mm-hmm. their demo album, and um, they were at um, uh, Sound City Studios in Los Angeles, and they're like they were in Studio B working on some other stuff, and they and I think uh, Lindsay went by Studio A, and they he heard their stuff on there, and he just walked in, and he saw this giant dude just, mm. just like you know, kind of just bobbing and just mm. really getting into it to the demo of, of if you don't love me now and he's just kind of mimicking the drums of what he would be playing mm-hmm. that dude was Lindsay buckingham yeah that's kind of how they met nice <laughs> and it's like this is a great song i'd love to play on it we should mm. record it <laughs> so that's that that's how i heard they met so that's yeah cool. well yeah well fleetwood mac is a legendary yeah. band um a legendary band uh, Christine McVie will be missed. Now, now to the story that kind of relates to the second. Yeah, the the second movie doesn't relate oh, yeah. to, relate to Christine McVie, but uh, does it, relate it, to this. this first story does, and the following story really kind of ties it together in a ugly bow. Yeah, uh, the jury, the jury uh, for the January sixth committee actually has made a conviction, Bob. Oh, really? What they oh, say? Yeah. Well. Uh, they convict us uh, some of the oath, the oath ki- or the oath keepers leader, and uh, one other uh, to seditious conspiracy. Uh, the oath keeper leader, or you know, the far right group, 
Uh, they're guilty of uh, conspiring against the federal government as a part of the sixth uh, attack, or the sixth of January attack on the U.S. Capitol. Uh, major, I'm trying to read exactly where it is. This is via ABC News. Mm. But they convicted the Oath Keepers leader. Like he is one of the first to see charges of this, like and face serious time. Oh wow! Not that anyone else hasn't been, but like they they got him. Mm. Uh, yeah, they both. Let's see here. Uh, an associate. Uh, Stuart Rhodes, a Yale Law School graduate turned ma- militia man, was uh, convicted of the most serious charge: seditious conspiracy, following sprawling two-month trial in federal court. Uh, the Washington. Oh, it wasn't the January sixth committee. This is federal court. Oh, uh, in Washington, three days of uh, jury deliberations. And associate Kelly Meggs also found guilty of seditious conspiracy in the first such a convictions by a jury since nineteen ninety five. Now, oh, wow, they both could face a maximum of twenty years in prison at their for that charge alone. So, just for seditious conspiracy, that's mm. twenty years in prison. Jeez. Mm. Federal prison. Mm. Uh, that's about as much as it's reported mm-hmm. on there is what I'm reading right now. Yeah. <laughs> lawyers are feeling I fucking would too. Well, of course they are. But <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I, I I wouldn't be that stupid to commit that level of treason. Mm. But, uh, but yeah. In other news, Kanye West or Ye West. Is on his tour to see how quickly a person can. Yeah, I think he's yay. He's on his tour to see how quickly he can burn down his career. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Well, I yeah, I think he. I think he started with some anti-Semitic comments that some some. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. Well, it started (laughs) with little little jabs and barbs here and there. And I mean, it started with that, like way back before he got those two cronies in the picture mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah, and it kind of quickly escalated after that. It, then he went on the uh, right wing media circus tour, mm-hmm. going from every everywhere from uh, at Fox News with t- 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 uh, Tucker Carlson to Tim Pool. Yeah, Alex Jones. Well, he walked out on Tim Pool, and my first thought was because Tim Pool wasn't willing to name the Jews specifically as being evil or something. And he also wasn't willing to like entertain the uh, rhetoric either. Yeah, well, it's that's that's the thing. Tim Pool's a hardcore fence sitter. He courts the right wing audience, like that is his bread and butter. But he likes to play this game like, oh, you know, I'm I'm just a sensible centrist. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, he's not. But um, no, I, I remember we talked about him a while ago. Yeah. But I mean, I will say, like, I will give him credit. He's not allowing that to go on. I will give him that. Well, yeah. yeah. To my understanding. Well, he's playgaming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yay apparently walked out. And according to yay. I'm calling him Yay because I guess try to respect his name choice. Yeah. He walked out yeah. because Tim Pool called him Kanye, and I I was just like, wow! I just assumed Yay was like a nickname. 
um was it's it, 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 is calling him Con- yeah yeah is i always assumed yeah kanye was like his regular name and yay was a nickname it'd be like me walking out when i'm called robert um yeah it's like a, really like is kanye like his dead name now what the hell is kanye i mean in all fa- i mean in all fairness i would too but <laughs> well we've had this conversation yeah before. But yeah, no, he went on Alex Jones wearing a mask. No, it was funny. We were watching clips of the Alex Jones thing and my mom walked in and she was like, the lighting in Alex Jones office is really bad. It looks like Kanye's wearing a mask. No, he <laughs> it's is. like, no, he's wearing a mask. And it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, and I know he's appeared in another interview like that before, so that's like not a first. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I truthfully think, I mean, I'm going to cite his health. Oh yeah, it definitely is that. But I don't feel he has anyone around him willing to or wanting him to get help. They're just still riding the gravy train and mm-hmm. exploiting him. I think those two jackasses are exploiting him for their own gain, which oh. is sickening. And absolutely. The two jackasses, if you're listening, uh, it's a picture of uh, Kanye yes. and his pre- presidential entourage, I guess you would call them. Yeah, yeah. Milo Yiannopoulos um, and Nick Fuentes, which as of less than 24 hours ago, Milo Yiannopoulos was amicably released. Amicably. Good. They're both awful. Like, if you don't know about They're Nick Fuentes, awful. he's essentially a white supremacist who is a Holocaust denier and all the pretty yeah. much all the negative he, crap. He, he's the same he thing. Started, he started he he started rising in his circles um, around the Charlottesville protests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where a lot of his uh, rhetoric, uh, you know, his neo-Nazi fascism ideals, he voiced him. Mm hmm. Yeah, I I, I kind of have a hard time because I, I, I really want to punch both of them in the mouth. Oh yeah, be fascist like just just no. Mm-hmm. Well, and then if you're not familiar with Milo Yiannopoulos, he's yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. Fuck yeah, he's ex gay. He used to be a gay uh, yeah, conservative that they would like to um, trot around. Yes. Yeah, mm. yeah, um, a uh, conversion camp therapy or a conversion therapy success story mm-hmm. uh, puppet of the right i believe yeah yeah who still goes off incredibly gay vibes just saying <laughs> because of because of course it's a choice mm-hmm. sure sure <sighs> yeah no these people are ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> these conservatives really are something aren't yeah they? no if if he if he wasn't a complete <laughs> grifting piece of shit it would be like oh you know you know, let him make his own choice, but he's a grifting piece of shit, so I don't care. <laughs> no, they they both are, and mm-hmm. and I I mean, in regards to Ye, like I think obviously that you know he, I could see him not coping well with his divorce, mm-hmm. spending a lot of time in isolation, you know, cutting himself off from people who do care about him, and just getting stuck within his own head and obviously mm-hmm. he's also been someone who's been kept diagnosed bipolar yeah and he's he's made it very clear that he does not take his medication which jesus yeah. christ dude take your medication i swear to god 
um, please. Yeah. There's a reason why I you mean, prescribed I, I, it. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why, you know, and I don't know. I, I've, there's a, a conversation with this, with a Kanye fan, or I'm sorry, a Ye fan that I was talking with about him a while ago. Well, this is before all this, like, <laughs> just post-divorce, before he kind of started showing signs of, you know, maybe a, a slip was happening. Um, you know, I was saying, like, you know, maybe he should, you know, if he's, he, he doesn't take his meds. He says it's, it blocks his creative flow. Well, then the only reason he doesn't do it is to keep his own fame and greed going. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care about his own self. That probably, if he started to care about him, his own self, he would have a, p- a better life healthily, and he wouldn't need the medication. But, I mean, wh- I don't think I'd want that. He wouldn't be putting music out for us then. And I stopped and looked, and I go, e- he's he's not there to entertain you. you yeah. He owes you nothing. Yeah. He, he owes you nothing. Yeah. He's nothing. he's already released music. He doesn't actually owe you I, anything and, and, more. And he I'm didn't not, owe you what he I'm did. I'm not even mm. a fan yeah. of his music at all but i look at that way at all as all artists they don't Mm -hmm. owe us anything yeah no they've given us the gift of their music and or in their art alone that 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 is the gift Mm -hmm. that is if they choose to continue to do it that is just a further blessing Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) that's that's the way it is but yeah he he's Uh, he's gone away by that like yeah Mm -hmm. i I was just so blown away by that and i and this was a younger person too so i was just kind of Wow. Yeah. Is it, and I'm, I remember thinking, is this a transition of me going to like the the younger guy to the get off my lawn guy? Yeah. No. Well, you, that... you 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 do see that a lot. Like, uh, I think probably where I, I see it the most I'm... is uh, I, mean, I haven't graduated to old man yells. Yeah. Yet. Where I see it the most is uh, unrelated, really. But where I see that type of attitude the most is definitely with George R. R. Martin, where they're like, he needs to yeah. finish his books. He needs to finish oh his my books. God. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, I understand you want him to finish the books. It would be nice if you finished the books. But, like, he's allowed to do what he wants with his time. He's allowed to... George R. R. Martin is allowed to take as much time as he wants to in it. Yeah. That means he's going to make it better than what our expectation is at this point. Yeah. Which he even said at this point, when like the show got past where the books were, yeah, he said, "I've given them a, a rough timeline, mm-hmm. some things event that need to happen, and when they need to happen. The stuff in between, I kind of just told them to do mm-hmm. and fill in as need. Yeah, but there's some things that happened, and you know they did just ask for a final list of survivors, and mm-hmm. I gave them that." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, we will, we will, you know, he either does it or he, he does. Right. Yeah. There's, yeah. he owes his, honest, I know the fans are I'm like, young. he owes it to us, but he doesn't. He genuinely doesn't. <laughs> oh, I'm also sure that there's like several other series of like, you know, science fiction or other sorts of like works of literature that were all done by one author and then the author passed what, during the middle of the series. Mm hmm. Sure, it's happened, and someone else took over, and it was all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could argue Star Trek. Mm. When did Gene? When was Gene not behind the helm? Oh well, I mean, honestly, he went back and forth behind the helm. He was 
kind of in the helm of season one of the, uh, a TOS, and then kind of other people started taking over. And then he was behind the helm largely for the first movie, and then our people started taking over when it got like really expensive. <laughs> And then, and then it was the same thing essentially with TNG. He was really behind the helm for the first season, and then other people started taking over when it just wasn't working. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Oh, I guess a bad example. But... <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> it happens. Uh, he, Gene Roddenberry's a uh, mixed case, but yeah, I guess yeah, uh, we we aren't covering Star Trek, so I guess maybe we should just. Uh, artfully and delicately segue to violent night yes was that yes. smooth we'll just, i don't know yeah i didn't notice anything no no uh gene roddenberry's violent night no wait i got that wrong <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought this theme seemed familiar yeah no but yeah that this is genuinely like a delightful movie i don't know how else to describe yeah. it this was so much yeah, fun. Yeah, I. <laughs> this was just a lot of fun for the theater too. Yeah, it's a great movie to take the family. <laughs> uh, there were like like a few dads and their kids. Yeah, this one. But I, I went to an early showing uh, Sunday, so it was it was an interesting turnout. Mm-hmm. Not too many people in the theater, but again, you know, there were some moments in this that had like a pretty violent. Oh yeah. Gory death in it no it's it's a very violent movie <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't under yeah they don't you know that title does not undersell no it's a very violent night no very violent movie yeah uh the basic premise uh, the movie kind of trailer tells you the basic premise you just it's more about the spirit but you know the basic premise a family's kidnapped for christmas Santa Claus just ends up there and has to fight off the just terrorist. <laughs> happens to be at that exact house at that exact moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we will be spoiling it, but, like, I I would say go watch it. But it's an experience, too, so it's not like you're losing too much. But, like, it does introduce some cool ideas. Like, I like the idea of, like, Santa Claus, like, in a previous life, he was, like, some sort of, like, Viking or something. Me. Yeah, he was... <laughs> With a warhammer of yeah. death. Skull, <laughs> named Skull Crusher. He talks about how he's killed hundreds of people. And like, yeah. they, he's like, there's this great, great thing. I had it really good. If I had them all lined up on the same, I could do, I could take out three guys in one swing. Yeah. So, like, that, that was, that was something I, I was the only one laughing at in the yeah. theater. No, like, for, for, to take out these terrorists, he just has to tap into his past life, essentially. <laughs> No, it it's... and it was fairly easy for him too. Oh um, yeah, once I gotta he... say, I'm I'm happy that Candy Cane came back into play as I knew it would when they showed. Oh God, yeah. Damn, I was like, God damn, that's a huge Candy Cane. And then thinking he's gonna stab the shit out of somebody with that. Yeah, the the Candy Cane shank he makes. Candy. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> it's like holy shit. <laughs> yeah, this um. This the, the cast also has a lot of surprises when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a lot of there was a lot of moments when I was watching this, going, "Hey, hey, I know it. You're, I recognize you from this." Mm-hmm. Like uh, the first one was the dad of the uh, first family we meet. I was like, "Hey, it's some uh, 
What's his name? The Invisible Cunt. That that guy. Oh, you're right. Uh, from that newer <laughs> Invisible Man movie, right? No, no, no. No? He was from, um... um oh, the boys. boys. Okay, yeah, now yeah, I yeah, know where... Yes! Cunt. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah the okay, now cunt. I remember him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember his hero name, but I could only remember what... Translucent. ...to him as. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, the Invisible Cunt. That I did not place him at all. Like, uh... Obviously, we got it was. It was his first surprised expression that yeah. he gave in there, and I was yeah. like, "Hey, I know you." Um, also, the sister plays. Uh, she's um. She's on the Righteous Gemstones. She plays Dana McBride and Adam Levine's like a sister in the show. Oh, okay. And she is a very similar character, but just yeah. hilarious. Uh, no, very similar, but mm-hmm. so funny. Well, like, I love the stuff with her because that's her shtick in the show and oh really it's funny. well it's it's funny you should watch it if you have not i have i have not well obviously the trailer gives away obviously got david harbour as santa claus and i kind of love his portrayal of santa claus he's just Me too. like like they like magical stuff just keeps on happening and he's like yeah it's a christmas magic thing i don't understand I, I, it i still don't fully understand it <laughs> yeah just almost everything I never really I never fully understood it. Well, I just, uh, I just I reach in and just grab out presents. Yeah, I, I don't understand yeah, yeah, it either. I, I it, it just, it just does that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's great. He's just, he, yeah, like he's introduced at a bar, and he's just kind of pissed at capitalism, just getting drunk. Mm-hmm. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, uh, the other big. Uh, cast member is john leguizamo is obviously the villain and i kind of love not the, not the old well i mean not big star anymore but the mother of the i i have gone because that's like, that because uh, that's one i did not know was coming but yeah sorry but, sorry continue <laughs> but yeah you, you get to meet john leguizamo and he has the tragic backstory of uh, uh he, he accidentally kills that a family member yeah, he accidentally kills a family member during that. Christmas, and it's like, oh, that's dark. He's like, I hate Christmas. Oh, I fucking hate it. And yeah, he 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 finally gets convinced that Santa Claus. So he starts being like, I'm gonna kill Santa Claus and end Christmas, Christmas motherfucker. Dies <laughs> yeah, Christmas he is. Dies he is like, oh, I, I lost giddy it. about it. It's like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Like this is this is everything I wanted this to be. No, they they were both great, but yeah, the one you're talking about, the mother, like they were talking about her mm-hmm. so much before she popped up. It's like okay, this has got to be someone I'm probably gonna recognize. Yeah, and then yeah, and well, then they pop. Is, if you quickly walk past frame in yeah. the hallway where we didn't see her, and I was like, oh wait, oh uh, that's that that's kind of familiar. Like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I know that voice. I know that voice. Who is it? And then she came in. I go fucking. Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh shit, it's it's uh... oh, I can't even think for a first it's, name. It's, 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 yeah, it's, Mrs. Griswold, uh, but uh Mrs. Griswold. Yeah. Helen. I... Helen Griswold. Hel- Helen, yes. <laughs> Helen, are you you are you smoking again? Mm. And yeah, she is such a bitch in this movie. <laughs> I love it. I kinda love it. She she yeah, well, she's she's like super rich, and she has her children competing essentially for her affection. And the daughter and the son-in-law are all just fucking sucking up to her. And the first family, well, I, which is her, I think it's boyfriend. 
Oh, is it boyfriend? Sure. It, it, I'm pretty it sure be. it's yeah. boyfriend. But then you also have the first family where he's just kind of done with it. He just yeah, he's over it. He's over all of the Christmas stuff. He's over yeah. all of that. Like, or he's over all of his family's crap. He's just done. Mm-hmm. He's, he wants out. And the only way out that he could see is stealing the money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the terrorists are there to steal the money. But unfortunately, the son already has done that, which is a nice yep. twist. Um, that was a nice twist. I did like that. So, like, when she's describing, like, you know, once she's kidnapped, she's obviously very wealthy. She's like, you know, there's going to be an extraction team already on the way to save me. Um, like, I knew the extraction team would be in on it. I was actually semi-expecting yeah, it to be a thing where John Leguizamo was like, yeah, I'm actually the extraction team. <laughs> It wasn't quite that, but yeah. (laughs) I was waiting for that, or at least maybe they would show him on the radio with somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. Like them, but them on the radio, but you know, maybe refer, saying one name that we never hear or the, like a name say through. Yeah. Cause they did that check right before and I was like, just trying to think, okay, was everyone accounted for in that? Mm-hmm. And then, nope, they're just in cahoots. They're going to walk right up and go, hey, buddy. Hi. Hey. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next scene, Santa, let's kill some more people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing I do love is, uh, obviously he's got the Santa magic and he can pull up the list. Every time, like, mm-hmm. he has people to kill, he's looking up, okay, these are the people nearby on the naughty list. And then the extraction team comes to help out the terrorist, and he's like, you just you see, see all these names start filling up. He's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I really like uh, the first time that they apprehended Santa. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to interrogate him. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, look, Jimmy, I'm sorry. I don't get involved with people's lives. I just do things. Yeah. And it was just like, how did he know your name, Boss Bjorn? <laughs> what has happened to you? And yeah. Just didn't I get you that Huffy bike that you wrote me 50 fucking letters? <laughs> <about>? Yeah. <laughs> and then the girl like, you, you made your brother eat worms. That's not even naughty. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> No, it's this. This movie is just a fucking delight. I I loved it. This movie um, was a delight, like all all around. Yeah, like, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. It actually had kind of a nice heart at the end, and yeah, it was just gratuitously violent. I would say it's like Die Hard if Die Hard was a Christmas movie, but it, it is. I, what are you talking about? Die Hard is a Christmas. movie. Uh, exactly. So I guess this is like Die Hard if John McClane was fucking Santa. <laughs> Yeah, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Just yeah, as the it first is. Sleep the Oven is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Well, the first two Die Hards are really Christmas movies, although I'm not thrilled with the second one. But yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, it's all right. Yeah, it's not. It's not Lethal it's, Weapon 2. It's not, it's not Die Hard 5, that's for sure. <laughs> it's not Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, I remember really liking Lethal Weapon too, but yeah, I I I think one and two are like a yeah. Lethal Weapon. Are, well, the Lethal Weapons for me, it's just it's always a step down with each and every installment. It's like uh, yeah, I, I say the step downs begin at three. Yeah, like, I, I think I don't. I think two is not as good as one, but I enjoy two quite a bit. But yeah, he I, introduces I, us to Joe Pesci's character. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm not saying two is bad. I'm just saying I don't think it's as good as one. 
And I feel that it's a different character from two to three. I like the character better from two. Than oh, yeah. No, there was a bit more of an edge to him, whereas three three was where you're starting to get to the point where it's like it's, it's more still polished and comedic. Yeah, it's more still, it's still entertaining, but everybody's got too, like yeah. like their character now instead of just like yeah. being real people. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> on a side note, Violent Night. Uh, oh, yeah. What did you think of the Home Alone scene? <laughs> All her traps. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. That the Okay, so we should kind of describe the trap as best we can. Oh, so God. it's a drop ladder from uh uh that's one that goes to an attic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, uh usually bigger houses that have attics will have like a pole ladder or a hole in the ceiling where a ladder can come down. Mm-hmm. And you can go up into your attic. Um, in this, they see like a little mat with a bunch of nails on it. Mm-hmm. And right at the base of this ladder, and there's a nail in there. The thieves see it, and they think, <laughs> the thing about the traps is you have to hide them. The step below where the nail is, where presumably they will step, is broken. Yeah. So they go to step more of them where their head, their upper body is is broken. They fall and get a nail right underneath their chin. And it's it's completely oh, gory. Wow. This is it's it's we oh, it's, we essentially get a home loan scene with full R-rated gore where people are dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we get to see like, you know, the some of the brutality of Kevin McAllister's <laughs> yeah. traps. Like we definitely we we definitely have her rolling bowling balls into their heads as they're trying to climb up. Yeah. Oh, and, it's I mean, kind not of just great. Once, yeah. Oh, like, it, I'm pretty sure one was like I heard a bone break. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it like, was falling from a shelf onto a trampoline. So not just like rolling them, like them bouncing with gravity. Mm-hmm. Ow. <laughs> so yeah. Obviously, if you see the trailer, this is definitely worth checking out. If you, if you're interested in watching a Home Alone scene fully R-rated with lots of blood, you should definitely check this out as well. But also getting like you know your generic action film, but with a Christmas story, but get yeah. a great story and film with it as well. Yeah, yeah. I just I thoroughly enjoyed this. I this is a Christmas classic. Honestly, I'll probably get it and watch it next year. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah, pick up a copy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that good. It's fun, yeah. Uh, are we ready to move on to App Pupil? Yeah, let's let's dive into it. Uh, well, I had never seen this movie before, so this was yeah, an my, interesting me neither, dive. Me neither, yeah. This was. Uh, uh, yeah, so, what, so from what I understand, it was uh, based off, it was like, it's based off of a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I can't tell when he wrote it or Mm. what game was going through, but um, the in the story of Brad Renfro's character, uh, he kind of takes an interest in uh, this elderly man that lives in his neighborhood or in his town. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also is a very well-off student. Like you know, he's very he keeps up on his studies. He's you know leading his class. But uh, he also does a bit of homework, and he has a suspicion that this man is a former Nazi soldier. Mm-hmm. And his suspicion is correct, and he confronts him about it. And uh, he pretty much says, look, I'll uh, inform, I'll, I'll sell you out to Israel unless you tell me everything. 
everything they don't teach me in school. So mm-hmm. he wants an unfiltered look at it is what he's after in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the man, and the man played brilliantly by Ian McKellen. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to say, though, this is probably one of my favorite Ian McKellen performances. Oh, he's great here. Um, cool. So upon watching this, one thing I thought was interesting, the idea behind it is almost like how Nazism is almost like a virus. Like you have this kid who's kind of like he's interested in it. He wants to dive into it. And then there's this old man who honestly, at this point, I'm not sure how into Nazism he is. He seems like he's kind of just living his life. But then this kid is like, you know, I want you to wear this this Nazi costume I got, you know, and the old man's like, I don't want to. And he's like, do it or else I'll report you. So he does it and he's like, march. And you see as he's marching, he's getting like more and more into it. He's getting more and more in touch with that part of himself. And then, yeah, essentially, he he slowly starts going full fledged Nazi and the kid is kind of already there and. And I created a monster. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh then there's there's one rather. Yeah, there's uh there's killings involved. Um Yeah. There's this uh homeless guy that uh uh played by Casey Jones in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh I recognized him immediately. I was like, Hey, it's Elias Coyotes. Yeah. Yeah, he Man. he he's there, he's uh He's obviously trying to see if he can get the old man to give him some money or at least a place yeah. to stay. And then he he knows the old man is acting weird and he assumes he's trying to seduce him. And no, he's wanting to stab him, which he does. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he calls the boy. Mm-hmm. And he no, that there's. There's levels of blackmail because at first the boy is like, uh, hey, I'll report you to Israel if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't, you know, show me your like Nazi ways or, you know, tell me stories and shit like that. Because at first he doesn't want to. But after a little bit, he gets into it. Then he turns it around. And he's like, hey, I went ahead and wrote everything about you. And if I die, the bank vault's going to open and everything I wrote about you is going to come out and everybody's going to know all your secrets and shit. And, you know, that's yeah. that's got, you know, he, it's like the kid's trying to be like a junior Nazi and he's trying to manipulate this old school Nazi who doesn't want anything to do with it. But once he finally, like, awakens him, then he's like, then he doesn't realize what he's messing with. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he doesn't realize, like, the true evil mm-hmm. that this man is. Yeah, because essentially that that the homeless guy he he stabs him, he knocks him down in the basement. It's kind of assumed he's dead, and then the kid ends up in the basement and he's not. <laughs> nope, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, and so so the kid ends up having to kill him. So good, good, good fun. As you can tell, this is a yeah. this is a lighthearted romp of a movie. Um, yeah, this is a very wild, wild ride of a yeah. film. <laughs> yeah. Um, Another major character and, we get. Well, it, oh, I, one thing I did notice, and this is off topic of it, but uh, it, it's more so I, I noticed this anytime I'm watching something and this the director of this, his name pops up. Mm. Um, Brian Singer. Ah, he's evil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, 
I noticed that he does do a lot of interesting choices with uh, depicting scenes a lot, and mm-hmm. especially with younger subjects. Yeah. yeah you, you noticed that too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's yeah. it's not it's not super bad here, but there are moments like. Not- Super bad here. No. I would say the most obvious one being the uh, shower scene. I was more referring to the scene when he was being conflicted by you know his thoughts at night and his in his underwear. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. That was that was a choice. That was a cho- <laughs> that was a choice. It was so uh, yeah. But, fun- uh, I, another thing I also another thing that is interesting about this to me. Well, for me, is the fact that you know Brad, Brad, the actor, the lead actor, Brad Renfro, is uh, he's no longer with us. Tragically, he took his own life some time ago. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry I'm, to be the one to. I'm. I missed that. Looking into this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I want to say it was like you know maybe mid to 2010. Maybe? I remember that being like a name that I recognize and being like, oh, I don't think I've seen him recently. Yeah, 2008, 25. Yeah. yeah. Drug yeah. overdose. Yeah, tragically. But um, he's such an amazing talent of an actor. Mm-hmm. So tragic. That's, yeah, no, I was I was like, geez, I wonder why I haven't seen him recently, because, like, I remember that name, and I was like, why why haven't I seen him recently? It didn't occur to me to look him up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do that because I had seen a movie from him in uh, 2001 that uh, was a true story, or like a film based off actual events mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, I'm, and I thought his performance in it was just so great mm-hmm. that I wanted to find more of his work. And we'll see. Well, I want to see if he has anything coming out soon. If he's working on something, this being 2009 when I found mm-hmm. this out. Yeah. And you know, just yeah, it was kind of a, kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that that that'd be a good one to bring onto the podcast sometime. Which one? That movie, uh, Bully. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's fun to keep in mind. We do have gaps coming up, which is weird. Which is weird. <laughs> It's, I it's, I think oh, I mean, out yeah, summer, like, yeah. Some, yeah, I guess yeah, summer, it's a it's more of a summer film. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, well it kind of is. No. I mean it's 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 it, I mean it's Larry Clark, so I mean you're familiar with kids, right? No. And that's another one we'll have to <laughs> add to it then. Oh mm. we're going uh we're gonna have some fun next summer then. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Brian Singer is this, yeah, but a questionable director. Is a <laughs> dis- yeah disgraced director. Yeah, uh, and I mean, you know, he, he he's he's a bad man. Well, well, it was a uh, he he went on that Epstein Epstein tour with uh, Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Mm. That's really cool. No, it's not. It's very, very bad. No, yeah, that, mm. that's that, that that's wrong. You know, I know there's but, lots of unverified flight plans that I don't take anywhere. But yeah, he's uh, he he Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker are ones that are verified. Definitely did. So <laughs> yeah, and also that other guy, um, that other director. 
I forget his name, but he did. He's the guy who did all the Rush Hour movies. Oh, Brett Ratner. That seems familiar, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, him. Mm-hmm. He's also a tool bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, that, but, yeah, like that was my side note in regard to, to this film. I mean, other than, you know, the disgraced director, this is a great. No, it's it's a very good movie. I praise the art. I will praise the art. Yeah. No, that's great and performances I, it, by McKellen and Renfro. Um, yeah. And also, like, I, I kind of have to bring this up just to get to the too, ending. Yeah. yeah, because, well, we have David Schwimmer as a, a guidance counselor who uh, he mm-hmm. recognizes. Uh, I, th- I think Todd is the name of the main character. I'm 99% sure it's Todd. Right. Yeah. yeah. He recognizes yeah. potential, but like he knows his grades going down ever since he's been hanging out with Ian McKellen. Of course, he doesn't know it's because he's been hanging out with Ian McKellen. He's like, "Yeah, strain up your grades, and we'll, 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 you know, then this little like rough patch won't matter. Just do me that favor. Just do that." And Ian McKellen promises to help him out, but obviously the kids already got him going down this dark path, and. As Ian McKellen's going down the dark path, he's essentially dragging the kid with him. And eventually they do find out that Israel does find out about Ian McKellen and they're going to they're going to ship him out. So he kills himself. And the guidance counselor oxygen line and blows air into the lines. Yeah. But the guidance (sighs) counselor finds out like it hits newspaper that this guy is the. uh, Was a Nazi. And Ian McKellen, to, to help get the kid out of trouble, posed as his grandfather once. So he, the guidance counselor recognized him and went to Todd and said, hey, I, I got to tell your parents about this. Are they home? And, you know, obviously not. But then the kid manipulates him, essentially doing Nazi shit to get him yeah. not to say anything. So it's like as you see Ian McKellen dying, you see the kid just manipulating him. And it's like, fuck, this shit just doesn't die. <laughs> Yeah, he he uh, manipulates him by like threatening him and you know blackmailing him into silence. Mm-hmm. Pretty much a similar tactic to which they use politically to gain power. In, yeah, in the late thirties in Germany. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you, history. Yeah. Well, it seems like the same thing they're trying to do now, <laughs> except they've gone to a point now where they're doing it so goddamn much that nobody listens. Well, they're already <laughs> doing it. They're already going to start doing it to our state. Mm-hmm. But yeah, did this, this did, was did it. you hear this? Was it? Uh, they are uh, go- like Dewine is now uh, pushing to for the absolution of, or yeah, or he's trying to. I think this is all the or, or dissolve the uh, board of education and have it more government ran, like the like the state government will be in the, running the board of education. Uh, I I can only good things can come of that. Right? Knowing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's a good thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> Any, anything you want to cover on Ask Pupil uh, before we head on to Willow? Uh, yeah, the, the only other stuff I would say uh, to add to App Pupil would be um, uh, obviously, you know, uh, the, that thought process is a disease. Uh, it's bad. And, you know, it's not good. And you know Nazis are bad. I shouldn't have to say that or explain. <laughs> well, no, it's 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 any of that's bad. It's, it's crazy. Bad. It's just 
fucking wrong. No, that it, it is. No it's defend, there's there's no defending the extinct the extermination of six million people. Mm-hmm. Well, you there's know. none. Mm-hmm. I think it's it is important to say that though. There's nothing because Nazis yeah, exist, and lots of people are like, "Well, everybody knows it's bad. You don't have to say it's bad." Yeah. Well, I'm just letting you know how I feel about it. I'm letting you know if if you're a Nazi and you're listening. I'm cool if you don't. I'm cool. Yeah, I, I'm cool if you don't either. Yeah, it's I'm it's I'm not cool if you or your ideology. Yeah, I, I'm not cool with you or your or your ideology. I have fucking all. Yeah, but I can't do anything other than tell you that I believe you are wrong. Mm-hmm. History. You will see what side of history you end up on. Yeah, but that's all. Yeah, De- definitely something lighter. We'll we'll head off into Willow, nineteen eighty eight. Something much more lighthearted. Yeah, the the story of a reluctant hero. Yeah, uh, Willow, the title character, the main character. Uh, I did thoroughly. I forgot this. that Warwick Davis got the third credit in this movie too. <laughs> I remember watching the credits go by. It's like. He's like the title character. It's not no, like it's like famous. he's the title character, but he's someone that's talked about and you don't see till later. No, he is the main character. <laughs> yeah, he is in this movie throughout. Yeah, you are following his Third story. <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is just a fun fantasy movie. I remember going to the theater and watching this with my parents back in the day. God, I, wow. Okay. I, yeah, no, I was I was you see, probably I did, about seven. Yeah, the first time watching it was for this show. Hmm. So well, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I did. Like I really liked this movie a lot. Um, uh, the thing about was that wording it. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking about how you know with this, I feel that the fantasy films are definitely something that uh, I wouldn't consider falling under the category of like mainstream cinema. Mm-hmm. You know, like I yeah. would call it fringe cinema, but like I would say things like you know. Uh, like action movies, your romantic comedies, your comedies, your children's fair, your dramas. Those are like what more mainstream cinema is like, you know? And then you'll have like your, you know, I wouldn't say, quite say fringe or just like, you know, the not mainstream stuff, your horror, your science fiction, your fantasies, you know, your offshoots of the mainstream. So this one is definitely one that flew under my radar for a while. Mm-hmm. I will say, but um, yeah, I really enjoy this movie. Though. Well, this was I a really enjoy fantasy movies, but I it, it always takes me a minute just to get into it, like really just get into the world, I guess, immerse myself with it. Well, in the 80s, there's like this scattering of fantasy movies. Obviously, you got your Dragon Slayers, you got Scrawl, probably the biggest budget, probably before something like Willow would be something like uh, Excalibur. Um but yeah, there's there's some cool stuff in the '80s. What made Willow cool was that it was a it was a George Lucas produced one, so it was it was uh, yeah. Lucas film. It had a budget behind it. The effects for the time look great, and probably like even now they look decent. With probably the worst stuff being the the blue screen for the brownies, which at times is a little questionable. <laughs> at times it looked bad. At yeah, times it looked really bad. But still, yeah, uh, there are other times where it actually looks good, though. It's mainly the times where they just, like, obviously had, like, giant stuff for the actors to be around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, still, though, like, I enjoyed the movie. It's- oh, yeah. No, like, the, the data effects are obviously something you have to forgive it for when it was made. Um, 
But yeah, there's like the transformation One stuff that, that looks great. Definitely. Well, there's some, some of the effects that I felt held up really great. Oh were yeah, the, uh, were the uh, dogs? Yeah, no, that's I something. Mean, it's it, it's it's a prosthetic on an animal. I yeah, it it looks. I assume cool, it's some but... sort of costume on a dog, but it looks great. <laughs> yeah, I I presume they just put a dog in a Halloween mask. That's what it looks like, but it looks great. It that's looks funny. like some sort of otherworldly creature. <laughs> it did. It looked hideous as hell. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, that's ugly. So. I, I love this movie. This is one I, I grew up with, uh, as I've already said. But yeah, it's it's kind of just a classic sci-fi movie for me. And something that was pointed out to me when I was a teenager, and I didn't even realize this, is how much this movie mirrors Star Wars. So you have Willow, the reluctant hero who's learning wizardry, who's who's Luke Skywalker. He meets a, a, a scoundrel who ends up having a heart of gold. Uh, Mad Morgan mm-hmm. is obviously Han Solo. Um, obviously, sources your Leia stand in, but she's it's it's a bit different with her because she's actually the 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 daughter of the main villain. And yeah, still like mm-hmm. I mean, accurate. But... Yeah, but obviously you got the qu- main <laughs> villain, Bad Morva Morda, who's obviously the Emperor. And she even has this general with this big evil mask, General for- General Kale, who's obviously your Darth Vader. Yeah, Krill. Yeah, Krill. Yeah. Yeah. Krill. You, yeah, you have uh, <laughs> Billy Barty, the the council, the the village. Uh, I don't remember what they call him. The it's not that an older man. Maybe just town elder. I think maybe. Who 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 that uh the the bald guy with the cat with the cane. No, no, that that's Burgle Cut. Um, I'm talking about the 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 wise man in the village, the the, the oh, wizard. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Billy Barty. I can't remember the what they called him, but yeah, he's essentially your your Obi Wan Kenobi stand in, and then he leads him. He gets led to the Yoda stand in, which is Finn Rizal. <laughs> Lots. Well, I mean, it's also partially because the Star Wars is so closely based on the hero's journey and. In effect, so is yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's... it's, well, it's I mean, w- almost any fantasy follows the hero's journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost always. Um, almost. I, I will say, um, one thing that this watching this movie made me realize is... Uh, I realized for the series coming up, and I'm excited to watch the series, is that they're probably going to kill off Mad Mardigan based on Val Kilmer's current health condition. And that's disappointing because I really did like Mad Mardigan and Val Kilmer, in my opinion, is a great actor. He can't really do the role now. No, he can't. He can't. They could recast it. And I won't want it recast, but I mean, it's just kind of sad. Chris Pine. (laughs) Chris Pratt. (laughs) No, Chris, not Chris Pratt. Chris Pine. (laughs) No, no, Chris Chris Pratt will play him. (laughs) And he'll just do it in his normal voice, too. Oh, God. No, I feel like every time they're they're theorizing some sort of recasting, it's always Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. (laughs) It's like, does it always have to be Chris Pratt? There are other Chris's, for God's sakes. (laughs) Next thing you know, they're going to do another Hunter S. Thompson movie, and Chris Pratt's going to play Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, God. Oh, that would be awful. Now I kind of want to see it. That would be so bad. That would be so bad. Oh, oh, and I'm prepared to eat those words when that when that happens yeah. too. And he's he's I'm not even going to he's uh, not even going to try I'm for the voice. He's not even going. 
God, just please don't do Hell's Angels. Oh, God. Please don't do that one. But yeah, this is just a classic sci- uh, that sci-fi. Well, yeah. that's a really cl- classic fantasy movie. Um, I would say that I dare say that in the realm of fantasy films are the ones that I have seen. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking about it more like I don't think I've seen too many. Mm-hmm. I've seen more bad cheesy ones than I've seen good ones. Well, yeah, there's plenty of those ones, too. <laughs> I mean, there's Wizards of the Lost Kingdom, mm-hmm. one and two. Ooh, they're mm-hmm. both bad. They're both bad. <laughs> they're <laughs> well. Um, uh, I've seen Camelot. I've seen Excalibur. Camelot. Are you uh, talking about the musical? Uh, no, no. There's a musical Camelot. Yeah, I'm pretty ninety percent sure it's a musical. Or no, no. Are you, are you thinking of Spamalot? Because I've seen Spamalot. No, no. Spamalot. Spamalot's a different thing. It's, it's it's a much better thing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, okay. Um. I no Excalibur is what I'm thinking of. Oh yeah. Well, Excalibur is what yeah. I'm thinking of with Sean Connery. That one's great. Um, oh no, Sean like Connery is in First Night. Yeah. 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 Well, First Night is a uh, King Arthur thing as well. Or is no? Or, or is he in Excalibur? Is, is that what I'm thinking of? No, Patrick Stewart's in Excalibur. Patrick Stewart okay. is in mm. Excalibur. <laughs> that's that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I've seen like a kevin costner's attempt at a british accent yeah yeah that movie's uh, woke yeah i know it's not the worst movie ever but it's it definitely has issues it, it's not the worst robin hood ever made but it's not the best no no it's it's squarely the best, in the, is, the best was the best was the parody no i was actually as far as raw production design, it might be the best. It looks great. What, tight? No, no, the tight? the Kevin Costner one. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Production wise, it looks fucking beautiful. Yeah, yeah like, it looks great. Yeah, lot, yeah. How it looks on screen is great. Story wise, it's absolute garbage. Yeah, story wise, it's very questionable. <laughs> I mean, that's why I say Men in Tights was better. Mm-hmm. Mostly just because Robin spoke with a British accent. The yeah, I, I, d- don't worry. He'll point that <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, but, and he and he and he did and he did so well pointing yeah. it out. <laughs> Unlike some Robin Hoods, I speak for British accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired. <laughs> It'd be so hard to accept Carrie always as like a villain in movies just because of that movie. Yeah, true. I mean, it's so hard to accept it. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, let me I mean this in other well other fantasy movies. That's what we. I was well, I mean, uh, Princess Bride, we got Prin- Princess Bride. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's another good one. That's that's another one that I didn't see when I was a kid. I like I didn't see that till I was in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Would you consider Dark Crystal? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I consider Labyrinth too. as well. Yeah. Um. Dark Crystal was always one that I thought like it looked cool, but like I always found boring. Yeah, it looks cool. It's just it's yeah, <laughs> really boring. <laughs> now Labyrinth, I I dig. Um, David Bowie yeah. singing songs in a cod piece. How I, could you say no? How could you? 
<laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like those medieval stories too, even like oh, yeah. ones that are factual. Like I, I enjoy that the those set pieces and how they look on film. I think it's great, and you know, in the sense of like direction and production, it it, it gives like the crews a whole slew of everything else to work with. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I like that, and I like how and seeing how it translates to film. Yeah. And and this is just the same too. Like the production in this was amazing. Oh yeah, this. I mean, at the time, this might be one of the best produced yeah. fantasy movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it looks great. Um, and I was actually shocked at the runtime. It's just barely over two hours. And I remember thinking it's got to be like two and a half, right? Because I can think of lots of big events and lots of big set pieces in this movie. And it goes at a very, like, fairly brisk rate, and it doesn't really feel like it's rushing through anything until the end. The end feels a bit rushed. No, 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 I will say the ending felt a little rushed. Yeah. Like, and just kind of tacked on. Yeah. Like, I, I and yeah, I kind of found it interesting that it was just mostly between the two sorcerers and not even Willow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Found that a little interesting, but... I still enjoyed like the full set piece, like mm-hmm. all of it. It was great. Well, I, I do um, love the final confrontation where like everybody's taking out just Willow versus Bad Morva, Morda. Yeah, that, uh, I do like that. Just one on one for them, and he just tricks her because <laughs> that's what he knows that moment. Her, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. The yep. other thing I also I love the idea of how like they talk about uh, Alora Dannon supposed to bring about Bad Morda's uh, downfall. And essentially, the, the story the movie tells is that, yeah, and the reason why she brings about her downfall is because she gets obsessed with going after her. She brings all these warriors and stuff to her castle, and and that's yeah. her downfall. <laughs> yeah, and it was her daughter, too. Mm-hmm. Betrayed her. Yeah, got, got her daughter, turned against her. Yeah, she brought it on herself. If she had just not listened to that prophecy, she'd probably be in power. <laughs> probably. <laughs> But yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, but yeah, this is this is a classic in my opinion. I dig it. Um, no, this was great. This this is definitely a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Anything else you want to add? Are you ready for wrap up? I'm ready for wrap up. Okay. This well, yeah, this is overall a good one. I th- yeah, all three of the movies were great. I'm trying to remember what we have lined up for next week. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, we got Avatar. And then that'll be a four hour watch session. Yes, yes, that will be. Uh, I believe that's. Yeah. yeah, we are just going to do the theatrical. We're not going to do like the direct. Well, there's a director's cut. There's a special extended edition and stuff like that. And it's like we're doing theatrical. Well, actually, that's the thing. James Cameron came out and said, hey, there's lots of editions of that movie. The uh, d- the director's cut is the theatrical. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I, I, I love his drive and mm-hmm. admiration for mm-hmm. pushing boundaries and filmmaking and yeah. possibilities of what we can do. But I mean, at some point, dude, just fuck off. Yeah. Like, I mean, we get it. You're an accomplished director. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God. Yeah, he's no. Look his own ego. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. Like he's he's done <laughs> so he's all. done so many classics, just so and goddamn it, many. It, so I, it's I, like, and I hate to shit on someone who I, I know. do admire and am inspired by. Yeah, and it's it's just. Uh, 
No, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I he can I do it. I wish he wouldn't. For, yeah, mm. the first time I watched it because I feel that it had way too much hype to it. Yeah, like way too much hype and didn't live up to the hype. In oh opinion. no, I mean I think it's a decent movie. I remember enjoying it, but yeah, it's it's not like and, the and best also, thing ever. I also, <laughs> like, you know, I also remember you know really enjoying it when it was called Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. I liked it when it was called Fern Gully. <laughs> <laughs> same same big fucking same that is an underappreciated gym in yeah. the animation archive of disney oh my god well that one wasn't disney was it i don't I think it was, was. no i don't think so I'm almost, cer- I'm almost certain that was disney well maybe disney bought it later they are buying everything i'm, you know? I'm almost positive it was because there was like con or er, some sort of contracts regarding Aladdin towards it on why Williams was in there and what they were originally wanting. Cause I think he originally thought like suggested to them to do, uh, to cast Eddie Murphy as the voice of Batty. Mm-hmm. I believe I remember re- hearing that somewhere. 20th century Fox. Okay. 20th century Fox. My mistake. Mm-hmm. Now, I now mean, that, that does, now it's a Disney movie. Yeah, now it is a, Disney, a movie, Disney movie, so yeah, <laughs> retroactively it is. <laughs> retroactively it is, but... Uh... But yeah, uh, we will have to figure out other stuff to watch, but uh, yeah, Avatar definitely next week. Oh, that's... Tim Curry isn't for Ferngully. Yeah, yeah, he is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Man, there's such a talent. Oh, he's a legend. Yeah. But, uh, yes. What would you say your favorite line that Tim Curry has ever said on film? Oh. Oh, it has to be, um, and make you shiver with Antissa. Patient. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, if I had to pick one, it would probably be his character's introduction in the movie Congo. Where he's like, Hakama Homoka, formerly of Romania, traveling the world and doing good. I, it's been so long since I've seen Congo, I don't even remember. <laughs> I remember he was oh, in it. Just, <laughs> he had this long bit of exposition just to introduce himself. Yeah. But, like, he had to add that on the end. Traveling the world and doing good. Mm-hmm. Whenever somebody says they're doing good, you know they are. And he just gave that big evil Tim Curry. Smile. Yeah, <laughs> I just like yeah. Even as a kid, like no, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a bad man. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad man. <laughs> and I kind of hate the fact that you know I go off intuition usually, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. Do you remember a while ago, like a number of years ago? When Vladimir Putin's name first started coming back into, like, circulation over in the country, like, there were photos shared of him shirtless riding a horse. Yeah. Yeah. You remember? And, like, you know, people always going, oh, cool. Look at this. This is so cool. This is cool. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I've seen one too many Bond movies growing up. But even then, I'm like, "Mm, no, no. No. Oh, what? What's wrong? What's wrong, man? I mean, he has a long government history. 
Mm, no, no. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Oh, you know, he's been in the government since the KGB. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and even with Elon Musk. He's a rich guy from South Africa. Whoa, that is just a bunch of red flags. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe I've seen one too many Bond movies, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, just just remember, he could have solved world hunger for $6 billion, but instead he bought Twitter for $44 billion. And his reasoning? Because I don't care about world hunger. I just want people to stop making fun of me on the internet. <laughs> and, don't, and don't forget about, you know... And also, I just don't think I could trust, you know, a guy who has a toy gun and oh, free Diet Coke. Next that to his that was so TV. cringe. <laughs> and also that expose on Hunter uh, laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But again, maybe I've seen one too many Bond movies. May- maybe, but yes. So, maybe. uh... <laughs> Ah, well, we'll see everybody uh, next week, yes. though. Mm. Yes. And keep your perception up. First impressions are mostly, you know, intuition's a good thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's not something to be 100% trusted, but, you know, don't distrust it either. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> gut feelings. Gut Sometimes feeling. you do just know. Sometimes. <laughs> but everyone have a good one. Take care. They think order and chaos are somehow opposites and try to control what won't. Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt.